Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name is Zach. And I'm David. And, uh, yeah, this is the internet's premiere Star Trek fan podcast. Yeah! And, uh, you know, people love listening to us because we have a good time here. We also have, uh, little flubs, like right now, where I'm adjusting the flag. Little flubs and snafus. Snafus and, and you know, we, we... Zany moments. We got a lot of fun stuff that we do here, and if you like the fun stuff, we're fun guys. We're fun guys. Um, you can send us an email at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. If you have fallen in love with us so much, and if you're wondering, my God, that comment about the puzzle guy, and 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 they were they were foreshadowing the next episode they were gonna record. Um, wow, I want to give him a buck or two. <laughs> you can at Patreon.com/slash thestarcompanion. Absolutely what a, brilliant. What a sales pitch. You what know? a pitch. That's right. And uh, we predict here. Yeah. That's weird. I was listening it's back vid. a couple episodes ago and I said, I really feel like Shran's coming back. And holy shit, Shran did come back. Zachary, I called it Kirsten. Uh, yeah. Um, you can listen to us on all major podcasting platforms. And uh, what, do, what do we do here, David? We review Star Trek episodes, uh, Stardate by Stardate. Today, we continue our journey through the middle of Season 3 of Star Trek Enterprise. That's right. Today's episode is Episode 15. The name of the episode is Harbin- Harbinger. 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 Stardate 12127153 We're back at it again with the uh, Stardates, which I'm loving. I'm loving it. Damn, Enterprise. Back at it again. And you know who's back at it again this time? Our uh, junior coxman of the Enterprise, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Charles Tucker III. Charles Trip Tucker III. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the uh, episode begins with uh, Mr. Charles Trip Tucker III. Ms. Junior coxman. Junior coxman. Also chief engineer. Chief engineer. Uh, also 
Florida baby boy. Florida baby boy <laughs> and amateur neuropressure giver. <laughs> Alleged slayer of you know what. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he gets he, along with Floridians. He does. The, the stumbler into female relations, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah. They don't... <laughs> He doesn't seem to line any of them yeah. up. He just kind of stumbles. Oh, whammy. Looks like I've gotten myself into some hey, David. female relations. Zach. Well? Well? Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the kiss? Nice. You fell right into that one. Consider this a warning. For next time. <sighs> and so, you know, we get introduced to this hot Mako babe who we've never seen before. <laughs> It's like Mega Babe. <laughs> Mako Babe. Schwing. Right? Schwing. <laughs> That's what I think of when you said Mako Babe. Oh my god. And it becomes quick very it becomes apparent very quickly that old Trip has taken the Vulcan massage show on the road. And That's right. Yeah. This one was rated TBM, dude. I saw that, yeah. For gore and nudity. And booty. 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 Which we will get to momentarily. Uh, meanwhile, back in the medical bay, flocks. There were really three plots in this one. There were, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in this and episode. There's a lot of reciprocal writing as well. Mm-hmm. I really like this episode a lot. Me too. It was really, really, really well done, and they they condensed a lot of plot into a otherwise throwaway episode. Mm-hmm. They're just traveling. Towards Red Giant. You think, like, it was? it's probably a long road that they're traveling. You know, getting from there to the Red Giant. Yep. If if the Enterprise is here <laughs> and the Red Giant is there. <laughs> they're going from here to there. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I just got faith that, that this is, this is going to happen. Yes. Look into your heart. <laughs> they, uh, like I was saying, they... Uh, Flox is in the medical bay and and he runs into to, to Paul and he says to Paul I got a little uh, got a little proposition for you it appears that your boyfriend your temporary boyfriend Charles Tripp Tucker the third is given Vulcan neuropressure in an amateur fashion to other people on board uh oh and uh, I'm gonna need you to tell him to cut it out because uh, otherwise this bitch is gonna have uh, headaches for the rest of her life and he could possibly even sever her spinal cord. Whoa. We're talking about a, a Mako vegetable here. Flox <laughs> uh, <laughs> is a Yenta, dude. <laughs> I, I I honestly think that uh, she didn't really have headaches. She, she either didn't have headaches <laughs> or he knew how to cure them, but used this moment to really push to Paul to get with, uh, you know, trip, make her aware. And that's what I wrote. I said, Flock's a little freako. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to hook Trip back up with the Vulcan Poon. And he's trying to hook the Vulcan Poon up with a scissor sesh. Oh, that too. <laughs> and he just has that little, like, devilish grin. He's, like, he's a fucking Yenta. <laughs> yeah, he is a Yenta. He's a little matchmaker, dude. I was looking matchmaker, for... Matchmaker, matchmaker. matchmaker. <laughs> I was looking for the word... To describe him, and Yenta is just, it's the perfect, it's perfect. <laughs> um, as Zach mentioned, there's about three different plots going on here. So the first plot is uh, Trip and T'Pol. 
Yeah, trip, trip, stumbling into love with two women. With two women. Second plot, Malcolm Reed and the Makos. <sighs> yeah. Third plot, Archer and this guy that they pull out of the space bubble bath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that space bubble bath? Is one very active and biologic-looking convergence of spatial anomalies. I thought spatial anomalies weren't things that, like, we really saw. You just kind of felt them. Right. You know, and uh, I I don't have very many qualms with this show. <laughs> Here's one of my qualms. Yes. They just let fucking spatial anomalies run over them like it's nothing. Yeah. And yet, there was that one episode where it, you know, basically doomed Earth mm-hmm. and they had to go you know, eradicate stuff 18 years later to fix stuff in the present. Yeah. Those quantum fucking particles. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, and then you have the other guys who the breath mm-hmm. literally maims their skin. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's, that is just Enterprise. This is a trope that we see a lot through Star Trek. Mm-hmm. God, that's, it's the, it's the plot of uh, Undiscovered Country where that ripple that spatial anomaly ripple that oh, leads, yeah. leads to the nexus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where he finds Kirk, and Kirk uh-huh. dies and all. I think that's Undiscovered Kirk Country. Kirk dies? That, maybe that's not Undiscovered Country, but it's... it's. Isn't that Generations? Generations, that's right. I, I always get that one wrong, but this is why you're here, is to correct me and discipline me later. <laughs> they... The, so in this... In the Mako and... <laughs> <laughs> in the Mako and Reed subplot... Uh, Archer orders Reed to undergo uh, mandatory Mako training, and all the security staff as well. Yeah, they got to get a makeover. Uh, they do. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> I hope you didn't have that one written down. <laughs> I did not. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why. That's why I said Zing. I was surprised by it. Oh. They. Um, Reed doesn't take too kindly to this. He's a touchy little man. He is. It's, and it's, it, it, okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. If I may. You may. Uh, the sexual tension between that <laughs> hot Mako and to Paul and you know Charles Trip Tucker the third, our junior coxman and whatever the fuck else, chief engineer. Yeah. But there's some there's some real tension between the Mako leader and uh, and Reed here. There is, yeah. You know they got homoerotic. Yeah, you know if they didn't beat each other, if they don't, either they're gonna get it on or they're gonna beat each other up. They're either going to beat each other up or beat, beat each, each other, other off. off. <laughs> Zing. Zing. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, later on in the episode, so the... Oh, so, wait. Uh, no. The, oh, we did the other plot. Where, I'll just, yeah. I'm gonna, just going to finish up Reed and, and Mako's Great plot idea. Because it's... It, I'll, get, I'll get buried in the, okay. in the weeds here. So um, they undergo several mandatory security training sessions, and Reed looks like a fucking fool. Yeah. Reed doesn't know how to shoot. As soon as as soon as uh, the Mako guy said, "All right, fellows, we're gonna learn how to shoot today," and and Reed, he's like, "Reed, why don't you come up?" I was like, "This ain't gonna be good." This? Reed is not the best shot in the on Enterprise. Nope, he's actually one of the worst shots. You remember that one episode? Oh yeah, yeah, where they moved the city, yeah. blazing sa- uh, saddle style, mm-hmm. and then they had to shoot the thing in the in the ground, and he missed. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a good shot. Um. So that kind of culminates in this macho kind of Rocky versus Clubber Lang b- bout. Come here, woman. Wow. You ain't a real man. <laughs> Remember that from Rocky? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, what was that, Rocky 12? 
I think, no, that's Rocky uh, one or two. Huh. Yeah. Come here, woman. You know, one and two together is, is, is 12. Sometimes it's just like Rocky three. See, Adam. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That happens. That That's why you come here. So. Two zings and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> they that's as far as we'll go with that plot line for now. Meanwhile, back in the other plot line to Paul and Trip. Yeah. Yes. So uh <laughs> <laughs> So to Paul and Trip have to be in on these security meetings as well. And uh, during one of the security meetings, the the major says, "All right, everybody break break off into pairs." Pair up. And uh, you hear me from the corner saying, I choose Hoshi. <laughs> I thought I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. She was in her little workout gear. She was. Trip gets into an aggressive little uh, bout with the Mako, after which she uh, slaps his ass into Paul's eyes narrow. And uh, she sees with Pon Far rage. She does. She's foaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, foamoing. You're foamoing. So Paul eventually confronts Trip and says, look, this acupressure thing, you're going to hurt this bitch. I got to do it. Me. That's <laughs> mine. I'm the Vulcan, not you. Oh. And also come over later because we're going to do a session. We still need to do it. And uh, Neuropressure, that is. She uses the old come around to mine for some corrective jacketless massage therapy trick with the Mako. <laughs> That's a good old one. That's a good trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as she's massaging this Mako lady, uh, the Mako lady says, uh, he talks about his sister a lot and about gators and cornbread. <laughs> gators! It's out down on the bayou. To uh, Paul's like, wow, they're really getting on. And you can tell it's really working on her. Really working uh-huh. on her. And eventually they have this this culmination. They they finally meet. And uh, Reed's like, or Tripp's like, are you jealous? And she's like, I'm not jealous. Are you jealous? And he says, no. I would mean I have to like you, and girls are yucky. And she says, yeah, boys are yucky, too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I mean, I got a cootie shot from that Mako chick. <laughs> so. She pinched my arm, and then all of a sudden the cooties went away. So you got to do that, too. Yeah. Because your cooties are different, because you're a Vulcan girl. You you have alien cooties. <laughs> alien. Don't get it twisted. I know you're, you know, you got a name like a Vulcan, but <laughs> you're an alien. You are not terrestrial. <laughs> you are extraterrestrial. You're not. <laughs> you bleed green every month <laughs> instead of red. <laughs> they, uh, and at a certain point, T'Pol says enough of this, grabs him by the face and just gives him one big old sloppy kiss. And then she proceeds to take off her nightgown and show us her booty. You know, that scene, by the way, is edited out. Um, on TV? On the Well, when it was airing. Mm-hmm. They edited that out. Really? Um, but they yeah, didn't edit it out for Canada or like Europe. Nice. Or none of the streaming services. Nice. Yeah. America's very sexually confused. Yeah, we are. We're very pure, puritanical still in, in a lot of respects. But that's a different conversation. And finally, my boy did it. Yeah. Woo! Woo! All right, Rick. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. He's a limousine riding, Vulcan, Vulcan laying... Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Woo! Woo! Sister dying. Cornbread eating. Crawdad dad loving. <laughs> Chief engineering. Gator wrestling. Junior coxman in. in. <laughs> what? But he did it. He did do it. He did it, big man. Good for him. 
Good for you. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Uh, yeah. I certainly hope it doesn't continue. Maybe. We'll see. We will see. In the meantime, we'll stop that plot line here. Okay. We'll move over to the third and probably the most important plot line of the, of the episode, which involves Enterprise running into the aforementioned spatial anomaly blanket bubble bath. Yeah. And uh, they deploy the... Biologic gra- bullshit. So bullshit. They deploy the grapple hook and they grab this, uh, this ship out of, out of the bubble bath because they notice there's a humanoid in it and they bring it on board. And there's a man inside of it. And he goes, what the god dang, why blew me out of my ship? <laughs> I was in tar- there for a reason. What, what in tarnation? tarnation? <laughs> they call me Space Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, he comes out shooting his little six shooters. Yeah. And looking it, for rabbit. Except this time it's uh, little fiber optic lights that he's connected to. <laughs> yeah. Because that's his space to me. That uh, th- Those those uh, room decorations you get from Spencer's. <laughs> Dad, uh, well, how does he look, Zach? What does his skin look like? He looks like <laughs> someone spilled a you know, like a really hard puzzle, <laughs> and they picked up only the yellow pieces. That's really funny. And just like glued them on there. I liked that last episode when he said it looked like a puzzle piece head. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, he looks like a series of like layers of paint you know that like set, yeah yeah he looks Did like a bit in the rain in the sun a lot yeah like it's a van chipping. like a <laughs> chipping <laughs> looks like a van gogh painting so um they're trying to deduce what the fuck this guy's about mm-hmm. and dad tells to paul oh maybe he's like a canary and then goes into this diatribe about you know a canary in a mine and uh, regale you with the story you know and and to paul kind of understands about mining Mm-hmm. And why you would need to find the oxygen. And she ends it with, what the hell is a carnet canary? <laughs> you know? He Great story. Said, he should have said bird. Great Captain. story. Captain. Great story. What is a canary? Um, well, it's a yellow bird to Paul. And, uh, you, you know, birds birds fly into mines. And if they don't find oxygen, they come on right back out. And I tell you, them skags. <laughs> They, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call you a skag <laughs> at some point in the next few weeks. At, uh, at a certain point, the, this person that they, they, they rescue, uh, suddenly discovers that he can go through walls he chokes out flocks and he goes yeah. wandering over to the, to the engine room. And this is where all three of our stories combine. What? Trip recently laid by T'Pol, his guard down. Gets yeah, karate chopped by the by the interdimensional guy. Uh huh. And as the guy's coming up, you get a zoom in horror like mm-hmm. up to his face, and he fucking <laughs> tries to square up on it because of all the Mako training. I forgot about that. That was funny. That was a funny moment. Yeah. Um. Reed and Mako Commander, fresh from their bloody bout. Run over to the run over to the engineering room and find this guy ripping and roaring inside the engine, and they start shooting, and they can't shoot him. So that what do they got to do? They got to work together. What? Because that's what men do. You see, men, 
you know, the thing about guys is sometimes you just got to have a bare knuckle fight to work out all that extra masculinity. I get it. But then a trans-dimensional being attacking your ship gets you back together and you take them out like men and afterwards you have a cold beer and shake your head about it and say, ah, that's well, that's life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then they, they sit there and as they're talking about life and drinking their beer, they think about how nice it would be to just go take a long bath in a lake <laughs> alpine lake yeah alpine lake and find a mountain woman is that what you said <laughs> find a mountain woman as i sit in there at a rondack chairs mm, drinking sweet tea sweet tea and tomatoes <laughs> tomatoes eating tomatoes making a neapolitan with tomatoes the wood firing oven and space basil tomato. space basil and, your and buddy corn Bunny corn and your your wife uh, Deanna Troy hyphen Riker, they they come up with a devilish plan to reverse the polarity I guess on the engine and it shocks this transdimensional being and he goes unconscious. And this was a perfect moment mm -hmm. for the Mako to go. Well, you know, I, I know we do this fighting and stuff together, you know, and uh, I may be better at that. But you sure do knew a hell of a lot about this ship, and we couldn't have stopped him without your knowledge of the ship. So I'm not trying to take your job. You have your job because you know how to run this ship. I only know how to defend people. I'm just saying you're a pussy. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Look, you shot like shit. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And you, I, I know that's an <laughs> archaic statement by now in the 25th century. <laughs> but we were just talking about canaries and miners because, you know... Picard still listens, you know, you know, loves Shakespeare. Yep. And uh, listens to classical music and drinks Earl Grey tea. Hot. Hot. They, uh, so this episode basically comes to a close with Dad yelling at Trip and Mako as, uh, as little kids and says, I don't want anybody to blame it on anybody. Settle it! You remember? Settle it! Settle it! Yeah, that's, that was the overacting <laughs> moment. Archer's overacting moment of the night. And then he runs out of the room because the transdimensional being is, is awake again. And uh, he says, what was your mission? What are you doing? The transdimensional being shifts out through dimensions. He phases. He, <laughs> he phases. And uh, in one of the last scenes, uh, Trip and T'Pol sit down in the cafe, in the cafe. And they have a little conversation, and Kapal says, that was great. I wanted to always explore human sexuality. And Tripp says, so what am I, some sort of lab rat? <laughs> she says, I didn't quite say that. And Tripp says, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell the crew. That's why we're having a conversation in the mess hall, mm -hmm. in front of everybody. In front of everybody, <laughs> very loudly. Um, and that's where we... That's where the episode ends. But also, the yes. guy that phases out, yes. he tells Dad... What does he say? I, I didn't hear it. Oh, no? No. Oh, well, he says, um, once the Zindi annihilate That's right. you, you mm -hmm. know, I'll be able to... Our species, Our species will, will, will thrive. That's yeah. right. So there are more than just humans and Zindis involved in this war. Yeah. Because remember, remember, there's still the um, uh, in, inner... Space-time continuum. Quantum. No, there's a... Uh, oh, God, I completely forgot about what it's called. Cold War? Yeah, the temporal Cold War. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Because that's still going on. And it's still, it is. You know. Don't worry. At the end, 
when we get to that fourth season, you're going to go, that's right. Those filthy Sulaban. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to come back. <clears throat> we got to wrap this story up. So I, I have a few thoughts about this episode now go that we've it. wrapped it up. Go for it. Um, when they go into this biological whatever, mm-hmm. right, all of a sudden Travis goes, well, the, the, helm, the helm goes offline. And Travis goes, helm's back online. And then Dad says, get us out of here. To the room. <laughs> Not to Travis specifically. He, he, he says it as he's looking around. There's some serious disrespect to Travis going on. Absolutely. The character is completely falling off the face of the earth. Did you see later in the episode, too, where there... Uh, actually, it may have been last episode. I don't remember. Travis is, is in a room with T'Pol and Dad walks in. And Travis is like, hey, we got that thing up oh, and going. Yeah. And Dad's like, great. And Travis just walks out. Walks out. <laughs> I think it might have been last episode. I think but, it was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this character is just gone. Yeah, that's a lot of people's gripe. One of their gripes about this, this show. Hoshi, too, for a uh-huh. large part. Um, she got a lot of service early in yeah. the first couple seasons. But uh, so did Travis. This basically turns into dad torturing people to get to the end of the, <laughs> of the arc. <laughs> He's going to get what he wants. He will. Um, so, into that end, like I had predicted in that last, last episode, God, Archer is just torturing everybody. He is. <laughs> you know, he 100%. needs answers, dude. Uh, He's keeping this guy alive when he doesn't want to be alive. Yeah. 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 And um, You're so right. <laughs> You're so right. Last week, you were eaten in the mess hall, and yesterday, she touched your behind. <laughs> and then... Um, oh, that's Reed? Well, no, that was to Paul. She said... Oh, that's right. That's behind, right. You know? Touched your behind. And then uh, another thing that I have here is... Oh, God damn it. Oh, okay. So, as Amanda, the mm-hmm. hot Mako girl, who mm-hmm. I just found out her name because I have it in my notes. Amanda Cole. Um... She is telling to Paul during their neuropressure thing mm-hmm. that they have a lot of lot in common. They do. They even grew up fifty kilometers distance from each other, mm-hmm. and yet they went to the same fucking movie theaters. That's a long. And their ways. high schools were rivals. That's a long ways to be. Keep in mind, this is what over hundred and fifty years from now. Yeah. Okay, or just thereabouts. We have seven billion people on this planet right now. I see you. I see you say rivals in it, even in a post seven billion people world. <laughs> you mean to tell me there's a spot in Florida where there's fifty kilometer gap between the school districts and your rivals, <laughs> and yet your rivals and go to the same what soda joint? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fucking nonsense is that? The same pharmacies where they have the carbonated water yeah. and the syrup. <laughs> Killing me inside. No way you guys know each other. That's not close. <laughs> Fucking soda joints. <laughs> we get the, you get the same pizza delivered? No fucking way. Uh, yeah, all of our rivals in high school are like right next to us. Yes. Like one city away, like two miles. <laughs> At most. Yeah. But kilometers in miles is 50 kilometers in miles is probably about three miles. <laughs> allegedly allegedly that's star trek math for you anyway that's if you all I got if you liked what you heard follow us on whatever podcasting pl- platform you use nice and keep following us because we we uh 
We love you guys. Yeah, we do. And uh, we hope you love this as well. Yes, and if, send, us, send us some notes. We love you guys. Yeah, let us know how we're doing. Or let us know what you think. Or send us pictures of you. We got a picture from one of our listeners a while back. Her name was Alexis Stahl. And uh, that was a great picture. That was, was fun. That was a wonderful picture. And Dorians. You know, just to know that, you know, eventually we will move into more mainstream versions of Trek, you know, like TNG, TOS. Mm-hmm. But even at this level, you know, it's nice to know that there's someone in, what was Indiana? Yeah. She's from Indiana. Uh, that dresses up in a Star Trek Enterprise jumpsuit. With Andorian ears. Yeah, no, it's you know, awesome. Just that's, awesome. That's cool. Um, yeah. If you have any cool pictures like that, send it to us. We won't post them unless you want us to. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and again, it's like, this is, you know, we're your family. Yeah. You're our family. This is a safe space. Mm-hmm. And we won't treat you the way that dad treats, treats Travis. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.